It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband Ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Setup fees, min terms and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September. What does it mean to be a sporting icon? Are you only an icon for the time you are part of the distractions from life as you perform? Or do you remain an icon until the day you die? And if memorable enough, pass that too? Are our sporting icons dispensable? Do we just continually replace one with another until such time as we no longer require their existence? What is the cost of that on the individual? The person who took their worth from that icon status? It is the life of a Kilkenny woman which answers these questions for us. This is her story. In the Kilkenny village of Ballyragget in 1863, a child was born. Her name was Mabel Cahill. Mabel was the twelfth child of thirteen to her parents. From a young age, Mabel was in a position to enjoy some of the finer things in life. Her father was a very successful barrister. This paved her way to receive an education from the Sacred Heart Convent Secondary School in Roscrae. During her schooling, Mabel developed a tremendously vicious competitive edge. Not only did this give her an edge over the other girls in her school from an education standpoint, but also in the school's sports. Mabel was recognised as one of the school's top athletes, particularly in tennis. She dominated the school's tennis courts, to a point where the other girls refused to play her anymore. This early good fortune in life did not last long, however, as by the time she graduated from the school, Mabel and her siblings were orphans. To keep herself distracted from the sadness of their loss, Mabel spent her time playing tennis. She found it the perfect avenue to release her frustrations. As the ball lingered for a moment in the air, she would gather all her tension, sadness and anger and let her right arm drive her fury through the ball and send it to her struggling opponent. Having realised that her skill and this new edge to her play made her unmatchable, Mabel began to enter the upper-class tennis tournaments. She first competed at local levels and demolished her opponents with ease. This brought her onto the regional stage, where she once again found that her competitors seemed idle. Such was their inability to keep up with her skill and power. She came to national attention when she competed at a prestigious competition at Dublin's Fitzwilliam Square. 
Again, there was little reason for her opponents to take to the court. Such was the ferociousness of her dominance. Having found no competitors to challenge her and still with the need to quash her inner feelings, Mabel packed her bags and boarded a boat for New York. She had heard anecdotally that women were competing in major events there and she fancied her chances at winning some money for herself. In her first year in America, Mabel reached the semi-finals of the US National Women's Singles Championship. She had been winning the game, but an injury ended her tournament. Her challenger, Ellen Roosevelt, cousin of 32nd President of America Franklin Roosevelt, went on to win the tournament, having been trailing to Mabel at the time of the injury. Twelve months later, when the tournament started again, Grace Roosevelt, the sister of the title holder Ellen, entered the court for her first game to find a furious-looking Mabel on the other side. The game was no contest. Grace barely saw the ball, apart from when she served. Mabel dispatched her with ease. In the final, Mabel met Ellen again, and this time, with no injuries to worry about, destroyed her. In doing so, she became the first non-American to win a major tournament in America. In the same tournament, she also entered the double section with a woman who had become a close friend called Emma Fellows Morgan. They met the Roosevelt sisters in the final and walked away with two gold medals. Mabel's dream of funding herself by playing tennis had come true and her ability to win tournaments would pay her way in the US. Her ability to win majors would make it all the more comfortable. The following year, as she returned to the national championships, she came up against a 16-year-old, Bessie Moore. This was the first real challenge Mabel faced and in a match that the New York Times would later describe as an exhaustive five-set thriller, Mabel took the win. The New York Times would later describe Mabel as the best player in the country, as she went on to win the tournament. Again, she entered the doubles that year, this time in both the ladies only and mixed doubles, as mixed doubles were allowed for the first time. In the ladies' event, she won gold with her friend Adeline McKinley. She won gold in the mixed doubles with Clarence Hobart. She showed up for three events and took gold in each one. Her fame as the best player in the US brought her to the height of celebrity. One reporter wrote of her. Miss Mabel Cahill, the champion lady tennis player of America, is a petite, attractive brunette with short black hair and the brightest of grey eyes, full of life and spirit. Although a champion of America, she is a daughter of Erin. Her present home is in a pretty little house uptown near the park, New York, having been her residence since leaving Dublin about four years ago. Miss Cahill 
was too modest to admit that she defeats, with few exceptions, her male opponents. The principal feature of Miss Cahill's play is her activity. On the tennis court, she seems to be everywhere at once, and her opponents find it difficult to place the ball out of her reach. She has a remarkable, powerful backhand stroke, which often carries confusion across the net. Those who have never seen her play can form no idea of the dash and spirit she puts into the game. Then she vanished. Mabel completely disappeared. Having become somewhat bored of playing tennis, such was the ease at which she dismantled her opponents, she decided not to defend her titles in 1893. Within a few years, she was having financial difficulties. She had been left some wealth after her father's death and had been earning a decent living playing tennis, but she would go on to mismanage her earnings. The perfect apartment she lived in in New York was really outside her budget. The high-class parties she had to dress for were a reach outside of her grasp. The cocktails and dinners she enjoyed with friends all added up. Within five years of having won three gold medals at the most recent US championships she had entered and being an American icon, Mabel found herself living in the grim conditions of a workhouse in London. A form of slave labour where you earned a bunk in a disease-infected dormitory in exchange for working in the factory below your bed. Whilst here, she managed to write a series of books which were thundering failures, although the fee she was paid to write them helped her to leave the workhouse and spend some time as an actress in local music halls. She sued the creators of a project she was working on as they refused to pay her the £5 fee she was owed for her performances because the show hadn't sold out. When she finally got the £5, she moved to Blackpool to try to continue her new career in entertainment and perhaps stand on her own two feet financially again. She was the star attraction again, with her shows in the seaside town being successful. People came from all over to enjoy them, and she began to become one of the reasons people bothered to go into Blackpool apart from the seaside attractions. A few years later, her luck swung back again and she had to stop performing due to contracting tuberculosis of the larynx. At aged just 41, having won five major titles as a tennis player in America and having been a famous entertainer in England, as well as living in a workhouse and being a wealthy man's daughter, Mabel found herself struggling to cling to life as a result of her illness and her final few months on earth were spent in a union workhouse in Ormskirk. This workhouse was reserved for the very lowest of society, the people who had not only fallen through the cracks, but who were now too far from the ledge to even see the light anymore. Across from where she lay clinging to life, on the other side of the dorm, was a space reserved for the criminally insane. 
Next to them was an area for passing vagrants, all mixing together in the open dorm. Mabel did not survive these conditions. She was buried in a pauper's grave without mourners as she was too embarrassed to share her story with those who cared or those who may have been able to help her. She was buried in an unmarked grave, no headstone, no name, no trace of this once world-renowned figure. 31 years after her death, a notice appeared in the Irish Independent. It stated, Will Miss Mabel E. Cahill, the winner of the Women's United States Singles Championship in 1891 and 1892, or her representatives, kindly communicate with the Honorary Secretary of the ILTA, 91 Marion Square, Dublin, relative to a gold medallion which can be claimed on her behalf. Her medals, which she did not receive after her major wins, were posted to Dublin by the tournament organisers, as they could not find her. The medals remain unclaimed today. In 1976, Mabel was inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, where she remains the only Irish representative. Today's music was written, produced and performed by myself, Ryan O'Halloran. The story was scripted and researched by Oren. If you enjoyed this story and want to help to support the podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash we the Irish or leave us a review on your podcast app. Ryan Isanam Dom. Gorv Mahagut, Slonanish.